0: Hello again, Pats, pals, and Foxborough friends, the worldwide over of Patriots Nation, and we welcome you to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a podcast brought to you by WEI and WEI.com, Odyssey Sports, and 2400 Sports. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, joined today by the one and only Mr. At Jumbo Hart himself, Andy Hart. Good morning, Andy. How are you?
1: Hi, Fitzy. Do I look bright today in my bright orange sweatshirt? Those of
0: you that are currently watching live across the Fitzy GFY socials can see that I dressed for a Patriots podcast and Andy Hart looks like he wants to be the assistant offensive line coach for the Cleveland
1: Browns. Oh, is that the guy that when he blows his whistle, his (laughs) belly goes up in the air?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was truly one of the greatest moments in recent years. uh, what the hell is the name of that show? Uh, uh Hard Knocks hard, the that, that yes. guy, the big chubby guy from Cleveland at Hard Knocks. That was absolutely spectacular.
1: The greatest uh, belly we've ever seen until this edition of Six Rings uh,
0: already, already taking cheap shots across the bow of our friend from Patriots.com. They were formerly cantankerous colleagues, providing you lots of asinine analysis, argumentative ball game talk. Patriots pandering and so much more my pal and yours at PFW Paul the one and only Paul Perillo
2: joins the pod today come on and Paul how are you I love the Patriots pandering because nobody panders like Andy Hart that's a great one right there I now, call so it I, positive trolling I
0: gave you your lower third positive you are trolling positive yes. trolling you are at PFW Paul the OG of Patriots grumpiness of course he is at Jumbo Hart the gridiron grump himself and I'm at Fitzy GFY here for Mac Jones big second season Uh, Thank you guys for following along on the podcast and give us a follow on Twitter at six rings, pod rate, review, subscribe, and so much more on today's podcast. We'll have further OTA thoughts as Paul and Andy were down in Foxborough to observe the Patriots optional training activities or whatever you like to call it. I see. I get it wrong every time on purpose, just because I like to, I like to troll you. I know. No, well, I mean, I'm an idiot in a certain regard, but not necessarily when it comes to doing that. Uh, We'll continue uh, the offensive play calling gripes and woes. We'll play a little game called Bigger Impact. We'll take your questions and so much more. Gentlemen, let us begin today by uh, reviewing your thoughts on the second edition of OTAs in Foxborough. I know this one um, was described as the hungover slap and tickle. There really wasn't much going on. A few notable absences. Paul, what would you say became clearer after you watch the latest edition of Ota's down at Gillette?
2: That's a great question, because I'm not sure uh, we had a whole lot uh, become clearer. I, I guess if if pressed, I'll say that Bill Belichick continues to be 100% focused on the offense, and that's a little bit of a departure from what we're used to. He usually spreads himself around, and if anything, it's more on the defensive side. But this is twice now we got a chance to watch a, a practice, and Bill is pretty much 100%, Andy, wouldn't you say? On offense?
1: Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. Not just that he's there, but sort of the hands-on nature. I blogged something yesterday about, you know, there was that series when, I forget who the receiver was, but he was like telling him exactly where he wanted him and how to catch the ball. Then he went back to Bailey Zappi and told him exactly how he wanted the ball thrown. Like, now, the one thing I will say is I am not beyond questioning Bill Belichick for uh, controlling the narrative with some theater, so to speak. Is this should we put all the emphasis on Bill is actually running the offense? It's all Bill all the time. Or is this an effort to get idiots like us to say, oh, it's all Bill's offense, and that way we won't spend any time ripping Joe Judge and Matt Patricia when the wheels fall off in September?
2: (laughs) When – now, did you hear this? When? Yeah, when? When? when. There's no if to it. He's
1: been so
0: incredibly negative, so much so, Paul, that everyone who knows me as the Foxborough fanboy, as Mr. Positive Patriot, I now am starting to get radiation sickness from just having to do multiple radio shows and podcasts with Andy to a point where some people think he's coming
1: across as more positive than I am. See, it's well, funny. He's yes, blaming.
2: trolling. Yes.
1: 50 got a hint of objectivity since joining this podcast, and now he blames it on me like it's a bad thing. But, no, Paul, do you – is there any chance that – because I think, you know, Florio had that convoluted theory that Bill's doing all this because he should have fired his son, but he's not going to fire his son. So if he can't fire his son, he can't fire anyone and just puts it all on himself. Everybody's under the umbrella of Bill Belichick's
2: protection, I guess. I do wonder if if there's an ulterior motive there. You know, with – obviously, he doesn't want to name his son the defensive coordinator – and the whole thing with Mayo and Steve Belichick and who knows exactly who's in charge, I wonder if maybe he looks at things like that and is like, well, I'm not going to name a coordinator, but see, I'm being consistent. I'm not going to name an offensive coordinator either. Obviously, he didn't have that opportunity with Josh McDaniels, who had been here so long. He was clearly the offensive coordinator. I wonder if if maybe that's part of the reasoning. And I really don't think... This is the part where you can call me the positive troll, Fitzy. I, I, I really don't think that he... It matters to him. I think with Bill they're going to figure out everybody's role and that's what it is. They don't need to have anybody ostensibly with the title in in Bill's mind. I I,
0: I believe that. I've been a firm longtime believer that once you give something a title uh, or you you label it and you name it then you clearly define it and that's not necessarily all that it can become but that's just what it is and it is what it is. You're the offensive coordinator. This is sort of of such a massive phase shift. Of the Patriots, like the biggest year to me in Bill Belichick's 3.0 Patriots, that he just wants football mind that he can trust as he sort of tries to develop what they're going to do next. We don't, we know the offense is going to evolve. The defense is going to shift massively. Uh, the hand has been tipped on that by flooding the backfield with safeties that can also be linebackers, smaller cornerbacks, etc. So I'm only, my only concern is that they be organized. Uh, obviously productive and watchable and just clean up the mistakes from aisle 2021. That's my biggest concern. If you don't get punts blocked, you don't have those boneheaded penalties and guys are where they need to be. That's all I care. I don't care who's called what, what your fancy title is, your business cards, your lanyard, your little desk uh, marker. Don't care about
1: that. And I don't think bill does either. See, I would agree with that. If we were talking about a staff that included, um, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien, Nick Kaylee, and Charlie Weiss. Like, if they were all offensive minds, I'd be like, I don't care who gets the credit. I don't care who gets the blame. I have a a lot of faith in their abilities to do the job. They're all great offensive coaches. But that's not the situation. Right now, based on what we've seen, Paul, I would say the hierarchy of Patriots coaching is, on offense, Bill Belichick, Joe Judge, Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, (laughs) Nick Cayley like that would be my order of operations, and yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna revisit that and say it again. Bill Belichick, known mm-hmm. for his defense and a head coach and a GM, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Judge, known for special teams and being an a-hole head coach who got run out of town in New York because it fell apart. The wheels there was off. there was a
0: little hardo tryhardism there, and a and, little. And, I, okay, I was being I was being nice. Yeah, he oh he fa- he failed miserably because obviously he was not able to learn from the prior mistakes of. McDaniels, Patricia et al who went out and tried to be bill as opposed to just doing their own thing.
1: He also failed miserably because the young first round quarterback that he inherited, who has questionable talent as it is regressed under his leadership. And now he is inheriting a young first round quarterback with questionable talent who is under his leadership.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, it's interesting, you know, I mean, not that we're going to turn this into the giants podcast, but we could, you know, that's with a guy like Dable, who is coming point. off uh, a lot of success with a young, sort of uh, unpolished quarterback, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if Daniel Jones makes some strides this year, and then how much that sort of adds to the spotlight on Joe Judge. And let yeah, me ask it, you a question: That's a good is point. Daniel Paul. Jones teaching
1: uh, Brian Dable the way Mac Jones is? No, and that's part teaching- of it. That
2: you know, when when Mac Jones talked last, that that was the first day we got to go out there. Uh, right. I thought Mac Jones spent a lot of that time, guys. Talking about his role in, you know, in, in, in all of this, you know, play calling, uh, structure, whatnot. I, I I don't think that that's a, a really good recipe for success with a young guy. I, I don't think Tom Brady had that kind of responsibility, uh, you know, in his second year as a starter. And he had won a Super Bowl, uh, you know, coming off, it, uh, off that first year in 01. So I think that's asking a lot of a player. Yeah, but so, at
0: the same at the same time though, Paul, I just want to I, I don't want to keep being the guy that like bangs the drum and plays the trumpet for what Mac Jones is capable of, not just on the field physically, but as a- an offensive mind, organizer of team, etc. Uh, don't you think that as, as accomplished as Tom Brady was by the end of his second season winning that Super Bowl, obviously he made some massive contributions along the way and steadied the team as he took over for Bledsoe, but That team was so defense driven, whereas I'm not necessarily sure yet which way this team is driven. Is this going to be a more offensive driven team this year? Is it going to be a more defensive driven team? And don't you think that the way that they're organizing things showcases how much trust they feel they can put in Mac Jones's slightly smaller than Tom Brady's hands?
2: I I mean, like I said, I think that's a stretch. Uh, I, I don't think this is about Mac Jones. I think this is about what they have. Um, and I, I think they're trying to make the best of it. I, I would say that Belichick's presence with you know the construction of everything you know the right. game plans i I think he's always been involved you know heavily in offensive and defensive game plans but this to me is a little different. Andy and I have always been sort of lockstep on you know the actual play call like the play calling itself is a little overrated but at the same time you can't just have a guy who's never really had a feel for it just step in and assume that he's going to be great at it. Maybe Joe Judge will be great at it. I, I thought uh, on Tuesday, I thought we saw more of Mac Patri- uh, Matt Patricia with Mac Jones. Now they were doing a lot more running game stuff. So, you know, Andy tried to get it out of uh, Bill Belichick a little bit with running game coordinator, passing game coordinator. If you're looking from the outside and you're just sort of trying to, you know, connect all the dots, that's what it looks like. It looks like Joe Judge is passing game guy. Matt Patricia is running game guy. I think it can work if those guys are successful, but I think those are big question marks.
0: Uh, Andy, I got two reality show based questions that I want to throw at the two of you for the Patriots offense. Number one, uh, do, <laughs> yeah. Okay. On this episode of below deck, New England Patriots edition. Um, I thought I would throw, I thought I would go the boat way. Cause I know that makes you happy. Andy. Yes, it does. Paul, do you think there's any chance that, uh, this is an audition to see who should be the play caller? So, uh, you know, like, Are Patricia and Judge and possibly Kaylee auditioning throughout the next couple of months so Bill can get an idea? He wants to set the offense, but he wants to see who he thinks he can trust the most on most Sundays, one Monday and two Thursdays, I believe. Um, And do you think also there's any possibility that going about – putting together an offense like an episode of chopped where you just like three here here's a couple players here's a couple coaches and no football uh 30 minutes go like do you think there's any way that can work or is this a recipe for disaster Andy
2: yeah like for me the the offense can work I think you know it it, it's going to remain to be seen because I think these guys have a lot to prove because of what Andy said I mean they've you know one guy has been almost all defense in his career another guy has been mostly special teams in his career uh, i think that's asking a lot it can work i think these i mean i think these guys know football i don't I don't think there's really you know anybody arguing say these guys don't know anything about what they're doing but I, I think it's a tough way to put it together to answer your specific question about the the audition you know for lack of a better term i've been on record as saying that bill knows right now exactly who's going to be calling the plays but Based on the two days of OTAs that I watched, I think I might be wrong. I think there might be a little some something like that. First of all, it might be more collaborative than than I thought it would be, and maybe he is sort of watching these guys and figuring out how it works best, and maybe how Mac responds to one or the other, um, and maybe looks for the comfort there with Mac Jones. I kind of feel like, you know, heading into OTAs, I felt like Bill Bill has told people what what's going on. For whatever reason, they don't want to let us know what's going on. But I think Bill knows. But now I'm, I'm kind of wondering if I'm wrong about that.
1: So I um, I have kind of felt all along, at least since the first OTA, that it's it's Joe Judge's role to lose. That's kind of how I felt. Um, I certainly even kind of felt stronger about that. I don't know if, I'm Paul, I'm sure you saw some of the comments from Matt Castle talking about how, you know, seven teams, 14 years, the play caller was in the quarterback's room. He feels like that person needs to be in the quarterback's room because otherwise there can be a lack of communication. Little things fall through the crack. That guy has to be around the quarterback most of the time. So I still feel like it's Joe Judge's role to lose. Now, I've been trying to. Um, take these guys at their word, and Joe Judge was very emphatic when we spoke with the assistants those back-to-back days, conveniently for us as media, that didn't hurt us in any way. It was very thankful uh, for all of us. Um, When he said, you know, I'm going to be point-blank, Bill hasn't declared that, he he won't, we don't need to know, there's no egos in this room. When when he declares that, we'll move, like, I'm going to take him at his word. He definitively and very point-blank said, no one knows yet who's calling plays. I agree with you. I think Bill probably knows whether he's told them or not, whether they're lying or not. I don't know. And I think it's judge. But you know, Paul, uh, the famous Andy Hart uh, ifs theory that if you have a lot of ifs, best case scenario, half those ifs turn out for the positive, whatever the number is. Like generally, if you have two significant ifs, I feel pretty good chance one might be positive. You'll get the the upside. You're going to get the downside. Doesn't this offense feel like it's built on a pile of ifs?
2: Yeah, and you know what the thing that might be the scariest is I think, I think built the, on a pile of ifs. You know, it's true, I think there <laughs> are a lot of I think there are a lot of ifs. I think there might be fewer ifs on offense than defense. That might be the scariest part. Um, you know, really, so, you wow. skipped down the legal pad of topics I wanted to talk about with the great Paul Perillo. Uh, yeah, I mean. There's a couple really? of things. I, I like your your if see Andy and I spent a lot of time together. So we do you, have you guys kind of do have something between like Patriots talk, shorthand, and jazz, which yeah, I appreciate as well. You know, with, with the with the <laughs> with the with the ifs though, Fitzy, like I, I know we we focused an awful lot on the offensive coordinator. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we shouldn't be. I think it's an enormous story. I don't I think it's rather unprecedented in the league. I can't think of any team that ever went into a season. With, with uncertainty as to who was going to call plays. And well, have you why, ever, but have you ever met anyone who like... wants to do that differently than Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick
0: continues to either incidentally be or go out of his way to be the guy who does something
1: differently. Or he's
2: lost his mind at 70. Yeah, I don't think that he's done a lot of things that have been like this. I, I mean, I, I don't really have any – I don't have any comparison to make. But, I, I, like, again, I don't think that it's something we shouldn't be talking about as much, but I think it's sort of clouding – what I think is, like, sort of an average roster. Yes. And and I look at – you know, Andy talks about all his ifs. The best-case scenario is, some you know, some of those ifs, maybe half of those ifs pan out. Well, I look at what the rest of the league did in the offseason and specifically in the AFC. And for the Patriots, best-case scenario is some of those teams, it won't work. It, you know, that look good on paper right now won't pan out. Right. But even if some of them don't, I mean – it's unrealistic to expect all of the teams that made major improvements, you know, Miami, Cleveland, Denver, the Raiders, the Chargers. I mean, it's unrealistic to expect all of those teams to not have it all work out for them. And that, to me, is the bigger issue that the Patriots are facing as they're getting prepared for training camp. Are they, do they Will they have enough on the field, regardless of the coaching? Will they have enough on the field to keep up with some of these teams and make a playoff run?
0: And you left off one of the teams that I think actually will be in the American Football Conference championship game, the Denver Broncos as well, who may have made the biggest offseason. As Andy Hart likes to say, going to need you to listen. I did mention Denver. Oh, I, I, I was listening the whole time. I didn't think I heard Denver in there. I apologize. Maybe I had my own agenda. Or I was getting ready to pop up our first viewer question right here, Paul. Nice. I'll, take a, I'll take a lap afterwards. Uh, James Sneed is watching on Facebook. He says, okay, so every day all fans will hear about is who the OC is going to be. Just like last year, we heard about Cam every day, and he got cut. So could this offensive play calling mystery be a little bit of a
1: smokescreen? That's kind of like – is that kind of your oh, theory, Andy? Well, it was my theory – Um, optimistically as a Nick Cayley supporter that the Matt, Patricia, Joe judge show was a, uh, a distraction kind of like Cam Newton. And then at the end of the day, Nick Cayley would just slide right in, call plays and say, I've been here five years. I've been learning from Josh. I'm a system product, all of that. Um, I've kind of lost hope in that area because Nick Cayley looks like he's just the tight ends coach.
2: Question, question in the back? Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, Mr. Does, Perillo, the gentleman does anybody at Does think uh, you Belichick Stadium. had no interest in, in having Cam Newton be the quarterback last year heading into training camp?
1: Oh, I think he knew before training camp who the starter was, and it wasn't Cam Newton.
0: Oh, so you don't think he won it on that famous Wednesday where Mac lit it up against the Giants? No, I'm uh, on the record,
1: the... I believe June the fifteenth it was, where I said oh, that right. Mac Jones was the starting yeah. quarterback of the New England Patriots. I, I
2: think the day that Cam Newton had a mispractice with COVID was the, the day that Bill Belichick decided he's not going to be here. Yeah, that's, that's I that was that. he the thing. I don't me. think that that, that was, was much ado about nothing. I think that they were they were getting a lot of reps. I mean, that that's a lot of wasted time for a guy that they didn't think was going to be on the team. Mm. Well, that's a lot, lot like a lot of ways in with in an online
1: coach and a and a quarterback's coach doing Exactly. Oregon but Andy that's what I'm saying rem- is, I
2: I think it's a bad it's a bad analogy, you know like like last year up, we were talking about Kim. No, but the Cam Newton the, thing literally the worst playground insult I've ever heard. You're a bad analogy. <laughs> Wait, Pinty, how did I wanna, how Pinty, you you have p- been working with him for for a couple years now. You haven't heard that, you know, Ugh. caliber of, com- of comeback many Hon- times.
0: Honestly, Paul, I used to look fresh as lettuce, and people would ask me all the time, like, Fitzy slash Nick, how do you look so young? What's your secret? <laughs> Ever since I started working with Andy, I look like I looked inside the Ark of the Covenant. I have just aged, like, or I drank from the wrong grail. I've look aged 20 like 1,000 years,
1: years. Look what 20 years of Paul working with me did. Paul had a full head of hair. It was dark. He was thin. He, was, he looked like Nick Casario when he started working with me, and now he looks like this. That was the before and after um hey paul how are you uh, here's a fun I, one
0: andy um our, our pal stephen tower watching from london uh, uh mentally i'm preparing myself for the season to be 2002 2.0 do you gentlemen believe that to
2: be a valid comp
0: um well i know they're not coming off a super bowl yeah, but
2: yeah i thought the 2002 team i think um i, I think it was kind of old and you know coming off of it a lot there were a lot of veterans that they had signed that were kind of coming up that team just couldn't stop the run and that ultimately did him in but i'll tell you this if mac jones plays you know a similar caliber season in as tom brady did in 02 i don't really care what the final record is i'll take that i think that would be an enormous sign a positive sign for the future because tom brady was really good in 02 even though they didn't make the playoffs he Question threw a lot of picks.
0: Andy. He led the league in touchdowns that year, yeah. but he also had a bunch of picks that year. Maybe well, they Mac weren't Jones a great a- team,
1: but he yeah. showed development. But in Paul's because that mentality was the mentality I took last year with Mac Jones. Was very simply if you finished the season knowing who your quarterback was, that you had a quarterback, I thought it was a successful season. They yeah. mixed in some entertainment factor. They obviously mixed in a playoff berth, which I didn't need as part of my little scenario. Um how many years can you go with saying, well, if Mac Jones develops and if Mac Jones looks so like this is the NFL where teams go worse to
2: first? Teams go yeah. like. I'm just saying, I think Tom Brady was much better in 02 than he was in 01. I Agreed. think 01, there were a lot of people that felt like, yeah, I mean, they won, but he really handed the ball off the whole time and they played defense and a lot of funny things happened in 02. As Fitzy just said, he led the league in touchdown passes. He, you know, he threw for over four thousand yards. You were like, wow, this guy can be more than I thought. If Mac Jones is more than a lot of people think, first of all, if Mac Jones is more than some Patriots fans think, you got a Hall of Famer on your hands. Uh yeah. Some people have yes, I would agree. But my point is, like,
1: I'm using the same barometer with Justin Herbert. Sooner or later, Justin Herbert needs to poop or get off the pot and actually make the playoffs. Like, or right. you're going down. Oh, well, like no, 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 no. That is not road. his fault. I don't want to. I don't oh, want to get my his f- fault. He's the quarterback. Pfw Danderon. That's fault. not his.
0: It's partly his. His coach is an is an analytics asswad who couldn't figure out whether he should or shouldn't call a timeout at the end of the season last year, costing them a playoff berth. If anybody carried that team and their deficient roster last year, to which they've made significant the upgrades into the offseason, it was Justin Herbert. Dude, if you, if anybody, if you the, could play, pick a quarterback from the AFC to build your team around right now, Josh I bet Allen. you at least 40, I bet you at least 30% of the people responding, if not maybe uh, over a third, would
1: say yeah. Justin Herbert. He's in the conversation. I think it's Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, but you know the difference is those two have developed into winners. Josh Allen, when he still sucked, went to the playoffs. He gave us the opportunity to mock his playoff behind the back, whatever flip of the ball, right? Like at some point in the National Football League, quarterback is a wins position. It's a playoffs position. It's do you get your team to the playoffs? Do you get more out of it? That That's all I'm saying. And the Mac thing, he's going to face that in the next year or so. Like, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. Vegas doesn't think they're a playoff team, right? They set the over under at eight and a half wins. Like, they're not seen as a, a must win. That's why I've said that Mac has sort of a a no-lose situation here. Like, he's developing with all these questions of roster, questions of coaching. It's like, Mac, if he does great, I think Mac's going to get a lot of the credit, and if the wheels fall off, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fingers
2: pointed at Mac this year. Hey, Fitzy, pretty sure he stole that from me from Tuesday when we were sitting on the hill. (laughs) No, I've written this column eight weeks ago. I think there's a chance. And I think he's it's such a chance, take you know, snake. He is
0: such a take snake. It's he really is. Cool.
2: Uh, but in, in all seriousness, I understand that we're exaggerating a little bit to make a point. But I do think, I mean, obviously, there's, there's inherent pressure on a quarterback, right? Especially Always. one that plays in Boston. Um, but there is something to be said with if Mac Jones doesn't play well, what do you think 95% of the fans are going to say? Well, this is what happens when you put a special teams coach as the guy who out and This is not going to be on Mac Jones. It's going to be about, well, I mean, last year was all about the weapons. This year it's going to be all about who's calling plays. They're setting them up to fail. That's going to be the narrative for a right. lot of people. And, again, we're exaggerating. There's obviously pressure on Mac Jones. But I do think that, that if it doesn't go well for him, there will be a lot of people with, with ready-made excuses for him. So tin Paul, conspira- wait, real quick, tin,
0: conspira- quick uh, tin hat conspiracy theory thing Correct. do you think there's any chance though that maybe belichick is sort of uh organizing things this way so as to protect or shield mac jones a little bit during his year two development
1: or is he throwing him to the wolves wait how's he shielding him by giving him bad coaching potentially yeah exactly That's shielding yeah, that's I don't a, think
2: that's a good thing. That's okay. a terrible plan,
1: a Bill. Thing. Bill, give me, give me your license. Look into this thing and tell me if your eyes still
2: see the right letters. Do you think you should um, take another driving test, Andy? I mean, my God, you're just fixated on the fact that he's age seven. He's such an ageist. It's so upsetting. Well, like, he's no, been doing this to
0: me for a long time. Yeah, like our, our listenership, Q, is getting they're younger, they're which they're is they're good, good. I, apparently, probably, for the sales department. But, like, Andy's aging out a lot of our veteran listenership. Which is you know i mean that's a significant portion of patriots nation andy and you should be ashamed of yourself
1: i've never understood why people get defensive when you bring up the idea that somebody who's 70 years old is where most people are retired and closer to death than birth
0: okay but this is also not 1927 andy i can't smoke on an airplane actually we don't even have airplanes in 1927 really i don't wear a wool suit to a baseball game Uh, We have telephones and Wi-Fi. It's a different time. 70 years old is what 50 used to be 80 years ago. So, uh, no, I'm not concerned about Bill's age in the least.
2: You should be impressed with that one, Andy. 70 years old is what 50 used to be 80 years ago. That's an Andy Hart-like comment. I do
1: like the statement. I just don't know. He's rubbing off on me.
2: uh, I like that. Uh, Paul, I I like that a lot.
1: I want to get back to something you said because I had it on here. The offense is getting all of the attention, Mm -hmm. all of it. Which side of the ball do you have more confidence in? Fitzy kind of touched on it, but like, do you think this can be a defensive-led team with Stephen? Be- For those watching online, you can see that he's <laughs> shaking his head vehemently. I believe yeah. is the description Vehement, of that. It's, no, it's, that's that's I, way I, strong.
0: I won't say
2: there won't is say any of the V words. Is a little bit better than defense right now, yeah.
0: to me, Just really a little. No vim vigor or vehemence, if you will, in the shaking of Correct. the head. Uh, you think the offense is incrementally? better I think right it now. has. I think
2: it has More a chance. Talent. I mean, it, obviously, if you if you just have no design to what you're doing, I mean, it's going to be hard to to execute. But I do think with a year under their belts, the you know the Bournes, Aguilars, Smiths, and Henrys, you know, figured to be a little bit better this year than they were last year. Now, again, Andy's theory, they're not all going to be better, but you might get improvement from one or two of those guys and. Mac Jones should be better in year two. I think your offense has a chance to be okay. I don't think it's going to be, you know, Kansas City or, you know, uh, you know, one of these high-powered offenses. I have a I have a lot of concerns. They couldn't stop the run last year. They haven't been able to really stop the run consistently in a few years. What have they done to improve that? Raekwon McMillan. Okay. Sam Roberts. LeBrian Ray. Sam Roberts. <laughs> I like idea. I just I I wonder I wonder how they stop the run and then if they're constantly in these third and short situations how do you get off the field. You know, Andy, this one'll get you. You know Fred Kirsch, your former boss. Uh-huh. And you know how positive he is. He makes uh-huh. Fitzy look like a hater. Yep. I can't tell you how many times during the course of this off season, he's looking at the defense w- with the following comment. I'm just hoping that they can force a punt. <laughs> He well, has said that on the radio mm-hmm. no fewer than a dozen times. Well, to be fair, the last
1: two games they played against the Bills, which was two of their last, whatever, four games yes. that he yeah. saw,
2: it was, yeah. they couldn't force a punt. Well, no, that's they the, couldn't. I mean, well, that, obviously, that's why he says it. And, no, Paul, know, that's why the running joke. to
1: be earned incentives. Like, it, right. like, like the NFL the running, parlance.
0: The running like, joke during the NFL draft became, obviously everybody believed that Belichick wasn't happy about Jake. Bailey's four million dollar salary. So he would go get the punt god, Matt Ariza from San Diego State. He instead goes to Buffalo of all places. So now he can flip the field on the Patriots or any other AFC East foe in a heartbeat because the guy's got a left leg cannon. But the joke became like, yeah, well, there's one guy the Patriots probably won't see this season. So I guess that's a good thing. But no, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. And and you're right. Like, look at the roster. You're not gonna what do you expect in like a massive leap from Byron Cowart? Is this Bill Murray's year? Is Carl Davis going to rekindle the form he displayed for a couple games um, as an off the street fella in 2020? Like, no, the off the defensive line isn't that much different than it was last season. And that was an issue. You have to wonder, though, the way Bill is reconfiguring the defense, does he just expect everybody to go wide open like it's going to be Buffalo versus Kansas City in the divisional round?
2: I mean, I, I know there's a lot of teams like that, but there are still, uh, you know, potential opponents that they're going to have to see, like Baltimore and Tennessee, that oh, you know tons. don't play like that. Tons right. of them.
1: There, there's sneaky lot of teams that run the football in the National Football League. Baltimore, Tennessee, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Like, you have teams that are going to try to – uh, Indy, that are going to run the ball, try to run the ball, and – you lose, I know everybody was pissed off and thinks Dante Hightower was toast and lost a step and, and all those things, and certainly the Jonathan Taylor play against the Colts was mm-hmm. probably the visualization of that feeling. Yeah, But he also was a key guy in the middle of your defense for, for whatever he had left in the tank. You lose him, you lose Vanoy, and I know you bring back Bentley, but Paul Perillo taught me very few things over the years. One of them was... Somebody has to make tackles. Somebody has to make catches, and somebody right. has to make tackles. And Jawan Bentley, to me, is a guy that yeah, he plays inside linebacker, so he's going to tally somewhere between eighty and one hundred and ten tackles a year, regardless of where they are and whether they actually help the defense at all.
2: It's like who are we talking to, Andy? Uh, special teams was it? Was it Kyle Arrington when he was? Oh yeah, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. was first, mm-hmm. You know, like people were talking about all these tackles he was making. He, well, well, you know, and then he would he he said to Andy. Well, I'm the gunner, and my job is to run down the field and tackle the returner. Like, if I can't do that, then I can't be out there. Right. Uh, I think in in general terms, your your inside linebackers are going to be your leading tacklers. They're going to make a lot of tackles, but do they make a lot of plays?
1: Right, or do they make tackles eight yards downfield and it's now second and two? In the last two, three,
2: four years, it's been too often those tackles by the Patriots' run defense have been too far down the field and, the, and, and they've that, been made
0: by safeties, Paul. And that's like yep. when Adrian felt when a safety or a cornerback is your leading tackler on the team or your best tackler,
2: that's an issue. Uh, and you're going to uh, see Adrian a lot of Phil- that. Cause I think you're right. Fitzy, you, you mentioned right, right at the top of the podcast. I think that's what Bill's going to do. He's going to flood the field with safeties. I think you're going to see four of them um, on, uh, I don't know what percentage of plays, but a lot of them with, with peppers, Duggar, Phillips and McCordy. I think all four of those guys are going to be part of it. So at least one or two of those is going to be serving as a linebacker.
0: And, and he told, and that was part of the recruiting of Jabril Peppers. He told him that uh, he was going to see the field a ton and Peppers obviously wanted a paycheck and wanted to come learn from Belichick or so we've been told, but he told Peppers, as he admitted during his first media avail that Bill told him there were going to be at least three safeties on the field, almost the entire season this year. So that was like the first hat tip. As to what the or hand tip, if you will, as to what they were going to do defensively. Let's just get this one out of the way. Uh, we'll do a final viewer mail and questions if you've got them later on at six rings pod. Give us a follow. Thank you guys for listening in. We've got Jumbo Hart, PFW, Paul, Paul Perillo from Patriots.com and your old pal Fitzy here. Uh, Isabella Rosa Kaiser says, All right, what do you all think actually happens with Hightower this season? Does he come back or is is that is he Dunsky? Talk about the players
2: that are here. <laughs> All right, so andy you know how much i love to read between the lines of the bill belichick press conferences and i yes. just make stuff up yes <laughs> so i think um we can close the door on hightower personally because yeah. prior to that comment that Andy just made about we'll talk about the players who are here that was as glowing a bill belichick tribute for a player as you're going to get right. those kinds of tributes from belichick are generally reserved for guys that no longer are playing you know teddy Bruski's mr patriot troy brown i mean he was the perfect Patriot. Now he's talking about this is the, one of the best linebackers that's ever been here. Now, he's complimentary of his players when winning. Here. Like, we've heard him talk like Patrick Chung. No one, no right. one works harder. But True that, to me, was a different kind of tribute, and I took that as he knows that Hightower's done.
1: Yeah, and I think we all agree. Even though we're talking about questions at linebacker, I think we all agreed that Dante Hightower was kind of Kind of toast. And it wasn't just the Jonathan Taylor play. There were a lot of plays just in general. There were swing passes where it's like, oh, he's got the – oh, how, how
2: how come he doesn't have the angle anymore? What, what happened? There was a play in, in the Buffalo game, and I think yep. it was the one at home at the day after Christmas where it was like the first drive of the game, maybe even the first play. It was a little swing to Devin Singletary that he dragged him about eight extra yards down the sideline. I was like, what just yep. happened? Yep. Like, yeah, there I were mean, times
1: if- – where it was almost tough to tell whether he was making business decisions and like kind of monitoring how hard he went and how much contact, and then you're like, or is he just done? Can he not get there anymore? Can he not yeah, do it and anymore? And that's the other
2: part with Hightower. Fitzy, right? Is he's not coming back for like three million? Like he's going to make money if he if he's going to if he was going to come back. But um, I think everything Bill said about him on Tuesday was accurate. I think he's been a tremendous player for the team. I kind of look at it as, yeah, if Hightower. Van Noy and Collins all were back from last year. Would that be better than what you have right now? Probably in this, this particular year, I think it's marginal. Yeah. But I think long-term you, I think you're far better off finding out if any of these guys can play. Let Ronnie Perkins play. You took him in the third round last year. See if he can be on the other side of Matthew Judon as an outside linebacker. See if Josh Uche is a little bit more than just a summertime hero. See no, if he's a key play. piece of the puzzle, right? right? See if As he, he... Can play. And I think you're better off finding out now. Maybe they don't work. Maybe the guys that you picked aren't good and they're not better than the guys that you had, but you were only going so far with those veterans. Anyway, I think it's time to find out about some of the younger guys.
0: All right. So that leads us Andy into our next segment. Uh, once again, at six rings pod, we got PFW Paul at jumbo heart and your old pal at Fitzy GFY steering the ship today. Uh, as you mentioned some of those players, Paul, let's get into a little segment I like to call bigger impact. Impact, impact. We don't have production on that one, so I just thought I would voice that like it was a monster truck rally. Uh, I'm gonna throw Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. a couple of What's
2: going on this week. Right. Now, now is it? Now,
1: now oh yeah, is sell it really? you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> the Perillo Bone Crusher against Jumbo's boat. It's on Sunday in the mud at Gillette, Gillette, Gillette,
0: Gillette. All right. So I'm going to throw a couple names at you with scenarios, and you tell me. Uh, we'll go to, first to you, Paul, then Andy, and we'll just flip the script uh, there and thereafter. Who do you think will have the bigger impact? So your first one is Tyquan Thornton on offense or Jack Jones on the defense. Which rookie will have the
2: bigger impact in 2022? Mr. Perillo. I'm going to take Jack Jones on that. Uh, Andy and I, again, like-minded, were both pretty impressed with him uh, last week on Monday, um, the athleticism, I, I think he's a guy that had some ability, had some off-field uh, issues uh, at USC. So I think that contributed to his draft stock a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of the, the write-ups that I saw on him you know, were, were just sort of evalu- evaluating the player, not necessarily where they thought he was going to go. But I think there's, there's an opportunity for him to, to get in the mix. I don't think the secondary is deep. I don't think the cornerback position is very deep. Maybe it's deep at safety. And I think Thornton is going to have a hard time sort of cracking that top four, that receiver.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'll go with Jack Jones. Uh, part of it is opportunity. I think there are just so many question marks at cornerback and depth over there. Um, you know, the the raw talent that he theoretically brings as one of the elite prospects coming out of high school after his. Issues. I'm just going to use that for the rest of my life. Like, I mean, to Andy, who who I among, am among us hasn't issues. been hangry enough to possibly rob a Burger King or just need? Hell to yeah, get he it thought I it was a, was a
2: Panda Express.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> thought it was a sample. There right, were was, toothpicks. They're so good. Um, and Thornton, I don't know. With like, there's there's the one side. Like, we got um, somebody said Thornton. Like that speed is nothing to sleep on. Like, I agree with that. Four I do too. Speed, but. I don't know. First of all, he has the opposite of cornerback. They're not great, but he's got a bunch of bodies in front of him that are proven NFL talents that can be on the field and have been in this system other than Parker. And I think we all think Parker might be the most talented of the guys that are
2: now in the system. Yeah. I would look at Thornton and say, hopefully next year, you know, you're going to have Jacoby Myers will be an unrestricted free agent. Mm -hmm. Nelson Aguilar will be on an unrestricted free agent. If, if Thornton shows some promise you have him, you know, this is like the old page. This is the way Bill used to do it. A have a guy two. ready to go right away and already comfortable in your system. I, I look at Thornton as, you know, can, can he do like maybe Bethel Johnson did early in his career? Um, see, I, you made a face, Fitzy, but if you think back to early Bethel Johnson,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, maybe it was 15, 20 catches, but... There was like one every couple of games that was a key play, a key bomb, you know, in, right. you know, in Atlanta to help win a game, you know, something like that. Uh, he had a huge touchdown in the uh, the ice bowl here yep. uh, against Tennessee. That's right. And had and a big catch off, against yeah.
0: Matt Hasselbeck, Seattle Seahawks in 2003 to seal
2: the yeah, game as like well. I not, that I'm not looking nope. for Tyquan Thornton to go out and catch 75 balls, but can he catch 20 and, and average 20 yards a catch while doing it? I think that could give the offense a lift.
1: Oh, well, I would. All right. The average okay. if he has 20 catches and averages 20 yards a catch, that's a very good impact. That's a
0: huge impact. Now, not, not compared
1: not to. I agree because I do think the bar is set the the way receivers are coming into the league the last two or three years. First, second round receivers putting up big numbers, pro bowl, all pro caliber like there. I think he has no shot to do that. I think his best-case scenario is something that you said, maybe a little higher, maybe 30-something catches with a, a relatively high best-case wow. scenario, I said, eyebrow yeah. Yeah, fella.
0: Why, why, uh, with a nice little 18, 19-yard YPC. Yeah, you sure. know
1: me. I would be all in and all over That's that. That's the best case. Yo, know, Actually, the absolute best-case scenario for him mm-hmm. is probably... Nelson Aguilar with the Raiders before he got paid with the Patriots. You know, ah, 40-something catches for 800 down the yards. And huh? eight, and eight you're touchdowns. You're saying now.
2: You're saying down the road.
1: No, I'm saying right now. Like, everybody gets hurt and he's oh. on the field. I think that's his best-case scenario. Oh, Andy, right. hit, Andy hit the
0: Miller lights early this morning. Well, it's yeah. funny you bring up Nelson of Aguilar, Andy, because your next bigger impact. Year two free agents looking to shine. Who has the bigger impact on the offense this year? Nelson of Aguilar or Janu Smith? Andy, you're up. Can
1: I have option C? <laughs> <laughs> Neither was not an option. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go Johnu Smith just because I bought into the Josh McDaniels performance from last summer where they were investing in Johnu Smith. I think John U Smith may have more opportunities um, because of this lack of a fullback. What is he going to be? Can we get some mismatches out of the backfield? Um, I've given up on the idea that John U Smith will ever be uh, worthy of the contract he signed or worthy of being one of the top few uh tight ends in the NFL. But dude's an athlete. We know dude's an athlete. We saw the one catch in mm-hmm. Buffalo in the wind where he looked like the freaking Jordan symbol. Like there's a few of those.
2: So maybe they find a way to get him the ball. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Aguilar and huh? and the reason I'm going to do that is in uh, this is no You're inside wrong. information or anything like that based oh, on, my, news, hold hold on. on time out timeout. Yep. Paul says This is no inside information. It's inside (laughs) trying to get you off the scent of inside information. Go ahead, Paul. No one talks to me anymore. Ever since Andy left, no one comes to talk to me. Uh, Our Um, new guest
0: deep throw has some inside (laughs) information.
2: I think you're going to see more of Aguilar in the slot this year. And I, you know, maybe a little bit outside and inside and give him some opportunities to, to use his speed coming across the field rather than strictly as a vertical guy. Uh, I think last year, Um, maybe a little bit miscast in that role. I I think his production will be a little bit better. I'm not looking for a huge year. And all that said, you know, there's always sort of those surprise moves that you don't see coming in training camp. It's not going to, you know, I could see him, you know, doubling his production from last year, and I could see him being like a training camp uh, guy that gets traded. Thanks, Ordway. He covered so, it all there. Human tarp. I just feel like there's a chance we see more of Aguilar in the slot. I, he gets kind, I've kind of accepted Jonu Smith as what he is, Andy, because that's what he was in, in Tennessee as well. Yeah, I know. He's sort of this secondary guy. He's an athlete, yep. but he's a 40-catch guy. And he benefited from the play-action-heavy offense they ran, being the guy in the
0: corner of the end zone to catch the Ryan 50-50 balls. Yeah, yeah I with a two-thousand-yard running. With, back. He was
2: within sniffing distance of his career high last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, this his is numbers? what he is. His numbers, were no, he down. was a
0: forty-something catch guy. He did. Yeah, and he caught him.
2: like forty balls. He did. Like thir- I think it was thirty-something, right? His yards, and the least impactful thirty-something. I, I totally agree. In history, I totally agree. I just don't think that the numbers are all that different than what he is done in Tennessee hey, 50,
1: real quick. I know yeah. you're the, uh, master of ceremonies here. Yeah. 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 How come you didn't put this one on the screen that says, uh, Give me Hot and Perillo ten to two would be the best show in Boston. No,
2: he he ignored that one,
1: Andy. Sure. you how that works. Yeah, I
0: I may have I'll, I'll highlight. Okay, I'll highlight said user John Tierney's other comment saying the Patriots will be That's four and thirteen with the number one pick in the draft because he had to include an insult and or a slight at our current employer, Andy. So well, I, I did not
1: out of my ver- verbal description as
0: well. Oh, yeah, exactly. So Can hence why movie it was not. It? Can you why movie it wasn't. Listen, Andy, you're not looking at somebody who worked on Avatar i'm not that good with the graphics okay i'm doing the best i can i changed paul's lower third during the broadcast so give me credit for what i'm doing and the six rings train keeps on moving thank you very much andy for that digression your next just,
2: hold on i would just want to correct myself i just looked it up and smith only had 28 catches ah, but i see. believe his
0: career high was 41 so see that's why i said NA touchdowns back in tennessee and now john tierney has taken a shot at bill belichick uh john new smith great signing by senile belichick obviously john tierney is a burner for andy hart all right your next a typo. Bigger... that's supposed to be a p all right your next bigger <laughs> impact second year oh, new england
2: <laughs> delayed
1: response <laughs> All just, right. Just that's
2: you, just poor to me. It's a,
0: okay. Now you're going to lump him in with Belichick and now everyone feels bad. And we're looking <sighs> for big cocoons to put in the pool so we can all get younger and smarter. All <sighs> right. You're your second. It's a deep, it's a deep poll, Andy. I love eighties movies. All right. Second year, new England Patriot who did squat his rookie season. Who's going to shine this year, Ronnie Perkins or Trey Nixon. Who's actually garnered a little bit of a positive buzz coming out of the odors. Yeah. I,
2: this is an easy one for me. I think Ronnie Perkins, uh, he has a, we didn't see any of him last year, uh, but I think Why? there's a skill set there that that could uh, translate. And uh, third round pick out of a, a good program in Oklahoma, I think there's a chance that he is, uh, if not the starter, he is a key contributor on defense. I, I want to see him on the edge. The question for him, guys, will be: Can he set the edge against the run? I think he can go forward and, and get you know make some plays in the backfield but can he consistently set the edge and help the run defense on the other side of Judon? And I think there's a chance he will. I don't really have much, you know, Andy, you've heard me say Trey Nixon.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, it'd be great if he makes the roster or does anything as well. Uh, considering he was a seventh round pick Andy, I have said time and again, it would be incredible to watch Ronnie Perkins follow the Trey flowers program where, flashes quickly, basically gets redshirted The Foxborough flu for his first year comes out year two and makes an impact, but I'm concerned. I don't think he's big enough. That's my biggest issue.
2: That's my concern too.
1: Yeah. I don't know what they want to use him as, but yeah, I don't, I don't think in that role, that evolution. Um, but th- that's that whole group. I mean, I'd pick Perkins. I don't have, I had hope for Nixon when he was drafted, um, kind of reading his injury history and some of the opportunity, but, now I think he's way down the depth chart. I haven't seen anything to lead me to believe he's like coming up the depth chart or doing anything to earn more opportunities. Whereas with Perkins, there's just there's an opportunity there. Like there is, I don't know who I. I know everybody keeps talking up the Belichick family is big on on Josh Uche, but I think there's opportunities on that sort of umbrella of the defense, the edge players, the linebackers on and off the ball to. If you flash at all, if you make a few plays in practice and preseason, especially with Judon, apparently, can we touch on that quick, Paul? Bother you
2: at all that Judon's not a- around? I, I would like to know more information as to why he's not around. I would too, but Ex- in general, excused, it yes. not a big deal. Possibly injured, rehabbing,
0: on vacation. Maybe he and the the family went to sandals. On it's vacation, I'm not 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 sandals. Not, not, real,
2: not okay. <laughs> not, not not real good. Not real high on that med. But uh, dealing with maybe no, not Club you know, head, yeah, sure. Is he uh, here, and we just don't see him? There, like I need more information.
0: Is there a chance Ronnie Perkins turns out to be Jermaine Cunningham two Yeah. Oh
2: boy,
0: that's not yeah, that's I mean, not the answer like, the nation wanted.
2: No, but we haven't seen him play, Nick. So how do you know yeah. what exactly he is? I, I that's that's that's
0: the big issue for me as well. Like he could be if he's another Uche. It's like oh, good, tons of like. Uh, a big body who had a great college career, tons of potential, but quote unquote doesn't get it. If he gets shipped out of town on the Winovich Express in a couple of years, then obviously it's kind of a bust of a pick. Even if Mac Wilson plays well, it just wasn't a system fit. And maybe we'll never know exactly why uh, Chase Winovich wasn't a great fit. Uh, last one on bigger impact, gentle friends. Uh, on the way the AFC East shapes out in 2022, which has the bigger impact? Miami's free agent frenzy
1: or the Jets A-plus draft? And A. Uh, Miami's free agent, well, Tyreek Hill will be my answer. I think Tyreek Hill is one of the more transformative players in the sport of football. I think he literally makes everybody better based on the fear he instills in defenses. One man. Just show up and everybody, if you're Tua, it's easy now to throw short and your stats look good. If you're Mm -hmm. Jalen Waddle who caught, whatever, 100 balls as a rookie, it just got easier to be productive. Like, I think that whole team, if you're Mike McDaniel and people aren't sure, like, you've been with Shanahan and you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be good. Guess what? I think... I think somebody like Joe Judge could call plays for the Miami Dolphins and find success. That was my example. I was going to say me or Paul, but hey, I'll say Joe Judge, another person who's never called plays before. But
0: that's they also true. signed that giant left tackle. They got Cedric Wilson. They got yeah, but Chase all Edmonds, of that They got like Michelle. Like,
1: that's a lot. Like, like That's the benefit of the run game, the pass game, all of it. That's the food around the filet. The filet in the middle of the plate is, is Tyreek Hill. No,
2: I'm here for the feel, food analogies. But to your point, Andy, with, with Tyreek Hill making things easier for Tua and for – jalen waddle he's going to make things easier for those runners too right and the one thing that i think uh mcdaniel really wanted to do was just get incredibly fast and i think is they got most too. did they did they not they did Moster. get most that's right and, and Edmonds. um mm-hmm. so you have a, a ball carrier and a guy who can get out of the backfield and catch the ball short throws for Tua, where the, you're looking for yards after the catch you know fitzy brought up armstead at left tackle right there's a chance, I mean, at least in the short term, there's a chance that Miami is significantly better. I do like what the Jets have done. So uh, but does I 50. think I think Miami's the answer to the question. Fitzy's uh, been gushing about the Jets draft since they, the Thursday I night told of the draft. you
0: like action movie style, Andy. They threw some oily rags at it, flicked a match, and then turned around and walked away like a triumphant hero at the end of the movie. Like they absolutely annihilated. I haven't I don't remember the it. last time. You bought it. I mean, I, I don't think I'm just buying the hype. I they heard say, every J- name
2: they had. E- Jets. Jets, well, the thing, Jets. the thing, is, see, I think everything Fitzy just said is right. I, I just think it's going to come down to these young quarterbacks, like we talked about with right? Mac Jones here. Can Tua be better than he's been? No. Can not. Zach Wilson be a good, you know, better than he's? But can he be good? There's some talent around these guys now, so it's time to find out who can play quads the quads are big for zach wilson this year oh,
1: it's room.
0: not going to be the quads it's going to be not trying to make plays and run around yeah. the field like you're part of the mountain west that he did at byu yeah, it's and funny, you know, like and i saw some it-
2: of these you know these anonymous scouts that like to chime in on other teams players mm-hmm. I and mean, i saw one uh anonymous AFC guy i think they tried to keep him in the pocket too much i think he's better off platform when he gets out they don't let him do that enough and i'm thinking to myself did you watch the game against the patriots anyway I, you know i digress a little bit, but. Uh, Great story. (laughs) The story's coming out of New England. Mac Jones, body transformation, much better shape. Uh, Tua, you know, is doing this. He's he's a lot stronger. Zach Wilson worked on his quads. You notice you don't see anything about about Josh Allen. No. You don't see any, like, Mm -hmm. you know. He's playing golf. And and kind of of playing lousy golf, too. Mahomes, 100%
0: carried that, carried them last night watching
1: the match. Uh, I think there were
2: too many commercials. Every time I put it on, I'd watch it for like 30 seconds and go to a break.
1: It and was so they, not great. It was not a great event. They, they all, for the portions I watched, they all hit the ball pretty poorly. Every yeah. camera shot was cut to hitting people in the head. Like I heard Barkley saying pass.
2: that they, they're going to have to get him some football helmets for the fans. Well,
1: his best line was, we're going to kill somebody on live TV here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I did like Brady showing Josh Allen the ball with the, the Lombardi trophy on you ever see one of these yes yes that was a a funny from Brady he's not usually all that funny well he was he
1: walked a fine line between uh the the line that I generally walk ball busting and just being mean (laughs) <laughs> like his, yeah, ball busting like, was his, right competitive on fi- his,
2: his
0: competitive fire still leads him to kind of be a dick all the time. Like <laughs> Josh Allen, kind of like with the basic move, like, Hey, here's your draft pick on my golf balls." So right. Like, oh, that's you. like, Hey, you've ever seen one of the, like, it's just like, Oh, that's mean. Like he's already playing next to Mahomes, who advanced, even though Josh Allen played one of the greatest playoff games any of us have ever seen. Like Brady still loves to be like, he gets off on being a dick.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. There's no he question. Really does he can't help it. He can't, and you know what? I don't mind it in the least. I All right, like guys. It. I, I don't like what like Brady does,
0: but I kind of like that. That was your first ever bigger impact, impact, impact. Let's get to a couple of viewer mail questions and wrap this pod up. Uh, I, Uncle Buck 617. Is there a player anywhere else that would potentially be available that you guys think would be worth trading for and help in the 2022 team? Um,
2: Josh Allen. Was <laughs> oh, he not available? <laughs> I would say a guy. You know, we talked about Perkins. Maybe he's not quite big enough for that kind of a role. What's the matter with bringing back former Patriot Trey Flowers? Thank yeah, you. what's his deal? I, I don't know. Discuss <laughs> is this I thing on. Why is he? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't
0: on. understand why he's. I thought he would be one of those immediate, like June first, whatever. Now he doesn't count against the to whatever that is. Like it'd be oh. easier to sign him later. And also, Matt Patricia made him fifty-five million dollars in Detroit. Why not come back where you know there's a fit? And you could also teach uh, Uche and
1: Perkins the ropes. Paul, any chance he's uh, like Brian Waters and there's like already a deal in
2: place and he's just. I've been wondering that. And I I also, uh, you know how I like to hear how people start to talk about different things. You brought up Judon not being here for OTAs. Does that worry you? Um, After the Tuesday uh, session and people given all the updates, all the attendance reports, Isaiah Wynn, again, not here. Right? Yep people start saying and i heard on your station i heard uh Andy Gresh uh bring up you know you know might he be a guy that there's a trade in the works and if you if you move on from Isaiah Wynn you open up about 10 million in cap space does that pave the way for a guy like Trey Flowers to get signed maybe they're waiting to try to you know create some space to comfortably get Trey Flowers on board and maybe you're right Andy maybe they already have you know a deal sort of agreed to in principle and they're just waiting. I don't know. Yeah, cuz the the creating money,
1: I would say, well, if he's still available like what how's his market? Like does he have all these teams beating down his door like so he can say I want x million? That, so it, it, I doubt almost, it. You,
2: it in June, right? So,
1: Yeah. So my question is like, maybe they've just got a wink, wink, nod, nod. Listen, Mm -hmm. we got a bunch of young players we want to see anyway. We don't really need you out here taking reps in OTAs and mini camp. We'll see you July 26th for the start of training camp. And just
0: like Matt Judon,
1: Matt Judon. No. I'd like Matt Judon. He he apparently he only gets paid half. Like he gives you a half a season and a half an off season and that's all he, he's good. What the good
0: guy for? did for that team last year on the field and then tried to do off the field this past off season, and all you have are complaints, slights his and slanders. I
2: was gonna say you can't give him any credit for what he tried to do this right this season awesome. he didn't get a single guy I am, you I am or the do not there I, is no try oh, please don't d- die you're the last person i
0: will ever allow to do lousy impersonations of star wars quotes on this podcast andrew hart fitzy uh, i am your father <laughs>
2: quiet you will be
0: okay uh your next one uh chad Moore at ryong 901 on twitter um have Paul and Andy missed each other like the desert misses the rain? And I miss you. Also, Jumbo Hart, you have yet to really let everyone know your feelings on the Patriots moving away from the fullback position. Obviously, that's why he's projecting his emotions, Paul.
2: Yeah.
1: Andy? Well, I mean, I think when you when you've had the best, the rest don't measure up. So once Devlin walks away, what's the point of even having it? Right, like that. That would be my takeaway. You tried to do the poor ass facsimile for a couple of years with Jakob, Yakub Johnson. Now you go to. You don't need it. I'm okay with it.
2: Wow, that's very big of you. I'm proud
1: of wow. you. Wow, to come out of retirement.
0: Andy, you have shown signs in your adult life uh what you didn't do much during your teenage years and that's growth so i congratulate you very much i
2: saw that one coming (laughs) you always do
0: with fitzy's jokes they're always
2: it's still delivered though
0: they're always you know paul i gotta tell you honestly it was a long walk around the block you saw me turning the hedge and you were like i'm here for it it's okay Okay. (laughs) long
2: road to grandma's but we got there we enjoyed the pie nonetheless
0: (laughs) We're going to try to get, uh, according to John Tierney, the Hardo moment of the week, sponsored whenever we have Paul on, as well as uh, the joke coming around the corner at Grandma's house. And your final one, Jimmy Perillo, no relation to Paul, at Hootat1123 on the Tweet Machine says, Hey, guys, I'm worried about special teams. Could we please ask
1: Bill to put Judge back there, or is this something I really need to worry about? Um, Well, based on last year, I'd worry about it because it was not good last year. Now, I think that was hopefully an aberration because very few teams give up three blocked punts in a year and have the kind of game altering penalties and things they had last year, especially if you invest in it. I'm not real. Paul cam accord. Yeah. Like he's taken some pot shots. Like I think a lot of people think he should have been fired a lot. And I don't totally dismiss that. I think there are a lot of teams. If you put forth the season you had on special teams last year across the league, we see a lot of special teams coaches get canned. But I also don't think he's like a clown show coach, bro, like.
2: Well, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I always go back and forth on those things. like, well, you got three punts blocked. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm I, pretty comfortable in, in the fact that they don't watch film and say, hey, you know, I think I think it was Jakob Johnson on one of them. That yep. The mm-hmm. guy, yeah. You know, hey, Jakob, right here, if they show in this A-gap right here, Just go the other way and let him go through because he probably won't be able to block the punt anyway. Like, you know, Brandon King, if they're lining up for a field goal in Indianapolis, just jump offside, give him another (laughs) chance. Like, I don't think like I think we focus on the coach when there are mental mistakes made and physical mistakes made, and it's all about coaching. And listen, it's a tough business. It's a result-oriented business. They had three punts blocked. I think they had a field goal blocked countless penalties Mm -hmm. on special teams they had a Uh. bad bad year on special teams and ultimately that's the responsibility of the coach i get that but i i kind of agree with andy i think some of those things that's an aberration i also thought it was interesting to listen to belichick talk on tuesday just about how much special teams have been de-emphasized um you know with the lack of returns in the kicking game the punters expertise being so good now let's see if he follows through with that and maybe keeps fewer guys that only play special teams. Cause I haven't seen any indication that he has acted like special teams have been de-emphasized over the last five years.
0: Right. And yet at the same time, the Patriots take two shorter cornerbacks who both could be return specialists as well. and, could re-energize your punt return and your kickoff return game if those actually factor back into the game right, or they then, may also give off will Height and wheatley vibes from 2008 yeah, so Marcus who the hell Jones, knows.
2: i think will be a dynamic uh punt returner uh yeah. well, possibility anyway um but that's the only one of the special i, I think you could still get something out of punt returns because teams still punt uh mm-hmm. well, not not At- all punts are Except Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo.
0: and we have gone full circle with that one, Mr. Perillo. Thank you, everyone.
2: The joke has landed. It's not all plus fifty punting. You're going to have opportunities to return punts.
1: Harry Hardo Mm -hmm. over here. That's the Harry Hardo. It's not all plus fifty punting.
2: (laughs) Why are you such a douche? Seriously, what is wrong with you? Keep it clean,
1: family show. That's That's all right.
2: You can say that on
1: your air. You can totally say that's
0: fine. And yet, notice I also didn't swear the entire podcast. So there. Are you happy?
1: Uh, yeah, I am. You shouldn't. you a little used to dirty.
0: F bombs on these. Yeah, well, on occasion. No, again. I, I don't podcast. know
1: the audience. We're live. We're on various. All right, platforms. All right. I don't don't worry about it. That's at PFW Paul Paul
0: Perillo, the OG of Patriots grumpiness. You can read his musings at Patriots.com. You can listen to him on Patriots Unfiltered Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from noon to two, and hopefully we'll see you down the stadium this year. Of course, part of the podcast at Jumbo Hart, the Gridiron Grump himself, and I'm your old pal Nick Stevens, aka at fitzy gfy gentlemen any final thoughts before we
1: punt and wrap up just a uh, preview next week paul and i will be on hand at gillette stadium for three days of mandatory minicamp right paul Perillo? so yeah, absolutely we, we should see judon and Nikhil harry and some of these other people that we haven't seen yet and see if it we really have to see Nikhil harry next week well, you might not. I mean, I guess he could just be forcing his way out of town. But also, Paul, I'm hoping we see a little bit more um, digestible, competitive-type action than we saw the other day, which was conditioning, and that's it.
2: Yeah, the Tuesday practice was was really uh, scaled scaled back. But, yeah, what is it, 7th, 8th, and 9th? June 7th, 8th, and 9th, I think. Um, yeah. You know, and we'll we'll have an opportunity to see some stuff. The attendance, to me, is as in- interesting as anything. You know, like Isaiah Wynn, like I said yep. – all of a sudden people started talking about you know might he not be part of the the 2022 season uh you know, be interesting to see if we see him at minicamp or if he's just injured or something i mean he he was hurt at the end of last year so that's not good either was that no that's, that's not, not good, good either though no not none, great, of it is good. none of not, it is good no not great
0: uh we'll look forward to you guys and the observations next week multiple six rings pods coming from uh and or just after the mandatory minicamp uh, thanks so much for listening. Once again, please rate, review, subscribe, the whole thing, wherever you get your podcast: Apple Pods, Spotify, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera. For Paul, for Jumbo, for the not present Chris Scheim, our producer extraordinaire, and me, your old pal Fitzy, this has been another edition of Six Rings and Football Things. Hope you enjoyed. Have a great weekend. And
2: let's go Celtics. Bye.
1: Nope.